Michelle Pancakes here, and joining me tonight on the stack, I have video editor and videographer extraordinaire, Mr. Ivan Firejay. And you can see his videos on Fight, because um, he works with GCW, IWTV, and all over social media. Please welcome Ivan Firejay. Hello. Hello, Mr. Firejay. How are um, you doing? I am fantastic tonight. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Um, glad to have you on. I got to know you a little bit through Twitter and Spaces, and now I get to have you on the staff, which is super exciting for me. I like talking yeah. with people that I kind of know. <laughs> I miss talking with you. Aw, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone else, um, where have people seen your videos? Who have you worked with? Like you're one of those people that I think people maybe know your name, but don't necessarily connect that to, to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've only recently in the past year or so really been trying to get out and like film more at shows. Uh, I was mostly just the, the editor guy who like hid behind an avatar on Twitter. But um, no, I'd say like, I've done a lot of GCW videos, you know, like John Moxley, Nick Gage too. I did the video for that. Effie versus Jeff Jarrett at the Hammerstein. I did that. Lots of good IWTV stuff. Just did the video for Cruel and Matt Tremont, which I'm excited for. Um, I could go on for days, but, you know, it's, you know, biggest companies I've worked with were GCW, IWTV, AAW, OTT, Chikara. Those are the big ones. And who have some of, because I know that you do stuff for companies, but I also know that you do stuff like wrestle, like wrestlers yeah. will, will like ask you like for, because you do take commissions, correct? Yeah. Hire <laughs> <laughs> So who, like what wrestlers have you worked with or what, um, hi, like, I guess highlight reels, like what highlight reels have you done? Uh, the biggest ones are Daniel Garcia and uh, Lee Moriarty. Those are the those are the big two that I always bring up. Um, the uh, Jordan Oliver is another one. He was he was really the first guy to consistently hit me up. Um, God, it's, <laughs> I can't keep up with how many I've done. Like I feel like if I started to list them, I'd I'd leave a bunch out, you know. But um, all your indie darlings, um, quite a few of them, I've had highlight reels done by myself. <laughs> So I know that you do videos by commission, but do you also do videos just for fun? Yeah. Not as like, much anymore because I'm trying to make money and I am, my schedule is getting a little more packed with commissions, but um, even if I wasn't being paid, I'd still be doing this, you know, like this is what I like to do, you know, and I started video editing in 2016. I didn't start getting paid till 2020. So, you know, four years of like just putting out YouTube videos. So what made you like pick certain, I don't know if it was wrestlers or matches or whatever, like to do one just for fun, like what catches your eye and you're like, oh, this is something that I need to like do. I'd say it's either I find a song that I really like and I look for somebody or I look for a wrestler who I think deserves more attention and they're not, they don't have a highlight reel or they're not getting as much buzz as I think they should. Like 
a good example was uh, just off the top of my head was a uh, Sahara seven. I was like, God, why are not, why does she not have a highlight reel? Why are people not doing videos for this girl? And then, you know, I just made one for fun, sent it off to her, you know, and then she's always reminding me how, like how much she loves it and how much she's still thankful for that. And it was a good way to build relationships as well. Just being like sending off gifts, basically being like, Oh, here you go. Here you go. You know, it's just cause I loved it so much, but now it's like, that's transitioned to people want to pay me now for this. Well, that's good. That's a good problem to have that. You don't have time to do fun because you're doing work. I make time for it, but you know, it's... cause like, I know that you did the Southeast first video that was like yes. big last year. And, my favorites. And did you started, you did that one just for fun. Is that correct? Yeah, I did that one because I didn't think enough. I, th- I felt like it deserved a video that that big moment of AC winning the title. And I enjoyed that moment so much that just for fun, I was like, oh, I just want to do a video for this. And like, I think within five minutes of that being posted, I got a message from IWTV like, hey, you want to do more of these? I said, yeah, like, let's go. That's awesome that like that thing you did for fun turned into a thing you can do for money. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I still haven't talked to AC about it. I, I want to for sure, because, you know, I always find it very rewarding to talk to the people that I've done videos for, you know, just to get their point of view and like, just, you know, just build that connection in person. AC's at the top of the list. I'm uh, someone I just want to, I just want to discuss like videos with, and I want to do more stuff with him. That's awesome. Um, I hope that you get that chance someday. I I really like AC. I think he's a fantastic wrestler, super great human. I, I hope that have you been able to meet him at all or nope. have your paths just not crossed? Paths have not crossed. Well, it would have happened at Mania weekend, but a lot of stuff going on. So Yeah, the mini weekend's always crazy because you have like a thought in your head about, oh, I want to make sure I talk to this person, this person. And then there's so many people there and there's so many other things going on. And sometimes your pad, your pads just do not cross. Yep. And it's like, well, <laughs> I got to meet a lot of people that mini weekend, though. So it was, you know, there was only like two or three people that I was like, shoot, next time, next time. Yeah, it's. It's crazy because you start talking to one person, you get distracted by somebody else all over the place because you do, you, it is a very big, like networking heavy event. If you're, yeah. if you're in the wrestling space to do things like, like yourself. Yeah. And I don't think we had, we hadn't met for Tampa mania weekend. I, not a lot of people knew me. I showed up with a hundred business cards. I was just handing those things out like Tic Tacs. And I swear that really did contribute to how big of a year I had in 2021 because it was just everybody and their mother. I was like, take a card, take a card, you know? Wow. You didn't say hi to me. That's very interesting. Yeah, I knew who you were, but we didn't know <laughs> each other. I knew of you from Puff's Twitch, but you know, shout out Puff. Shout out Puff. Indeed. Yes, I knew you from Puff's Twitch. I, if you would have came up to me in person and said, "Hey, like slap me and said, who do you think I am?" I'd be like, "I don't know." <laughs> I, I didn't have a beard then either, so you really wouldn't have known who I was. 
I was thinking, I'm like, I think I've only ever seen you with a beard. Yeah, most people haven't. <laughs> so you've gone to Mania Weekend in Tampa. You went to Mania Weekend last year. Are you going to Mania Weekend next year? Probably not because I don't think I'm going to have the money. But uh, I don't, we'll see. I'm, it, it's most. It's like a 98% chance not going to happen this year, which I'm really sad about. But I'm more focused on getting reps in on each show, like going to shows twice a month, three times a month filming. And that's eating into my budget, you know, because last year I had months to save up for mania, but I would rather get consistent videos than, you know, than mania this year. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I said that I wasn't going to go to Mania next year, but I have swiftly changed my mind. So it's just FOMO. You 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 hate missing it. Plus, like trying to watch like those shows, they're gonna be at such weird times. There so were moments like, in Dallas when we would just you and me would cash out like on the wall and we'd just be like, okay, <laughs> just two matches. We'll sit down for a minute and then we'll get back up. But like it would turn into like half a show and it'd be like, all right, we'll get the next show. But like, yeah, it's, it's like when you're going, like, especially if you've never, like, to people who have never been to like Mania Weekend and especially like Indie Mania Weekend where you're going to collective stuff, which is GCW stuff. Um, 12 shows. To, yeah, you're going to four shows a day for three days. <laughs> like, first show starts at, you know, 11 or noon. You get there, you know, about a half hour before that. You're there until like two thirty, three o'clock, and then you like in the morning, and then you just like get up and do it all again the next day. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I think I made it to six or seven shows, and then one of them I don't think I watched any of the matches. I just sat on the side. I was just like, I can't do it. You, you do really have to like pick and choose. I don't want to say pick and choose your battles, but like pick and choose what you're going to focus your full attention on yeah. and what you're going to use to like talk to people that you only see, you know, two or three times a year. And you have to have that balance of like, yes, I want to watch wrestling, but also I want to network and talk to people and all other stuff. So, and yeah. eventually you want to have something to eat, maybe asleep every now and again. Like <laughs> My favorite show was still that first show, the glory pro show. Cause I had all the energy in the world. And I remember every match and I was like, this is great. It's hard to remember. <laughs> like the only other show that I had that much energy was the brunch, you know, because I was like, this is my last show. You know, I can I can get my energy back up. Arthur. <laughs> but it was it's a lot of fun. I would recommend it if if people can swing it that they go just because it's such like it's such a cool atmosphere just being around. Yeah. like a bunch of other like indie wrestling dorks like yourself like <laughs> if you're a vendor or someone who works in the wrestling business it is invaluable like to market you know yep that's when you start figuring out you know meeting people that you only know online and just you know being somebody that they can put a face and a person to an online avatar you know Yep. And I think like, I know, like for me, like that's been very helpful for me and what I do. I can only assume that that has translated for you as well. Yeah. I'd say I'm a little better at selling things in person and being like expressing my ideas better in person than 
over the internet, you know. Yeah, it's hard to like set up shot for shot with like an IM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But um, what made you like decide to go the extra mile and do go from video editing to also taking video at shows? I think I went as far as maybe anyone has ever gotten in independent like wrestling video stuff who doesn't own a camera. Um, I just bought my first camera this year, but I had a video in like debut in the Hammerstein ballroom and I didn't own a camera. Like that's ridiculous. And that's farther than anyone who doesn't have a camera and doesn't shoot their own stuff should get. And I felt that glass ceiling and I was like, shoot, I need to get, I need to film my own stuff, you know? So I took a, a really high paying, terrible job for a couple of months and I took all the money from that and I bought uh, my Fuji camera and, you know, I've been trying to get to a lot of shows and, you know, I think it's made me a better editor as well. And it just, it, it's like, I'm addicted to it now because it's like, it's awoken this like whole other creative side of me. And it's just, as well as big companies aren't looking for just editors, they're looking for people who can produce whole segments and produce whole videos you know, one-stop shop basically. So I'm trying to make myself a multi-purpose video guy. So I know that, I know that you're, you're based out of Texas. Maybe other people don't know that, but I know that. West Texas. <laughs> it's great. So what is like, what shows do you go to? What is wrestling like in that neck of the woods? So I live in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. So to put some context, the big three cities in Texas are, you know, Dallas, Houston, Austin. I am five hours from Dallas. I am six hours from Austin and I am eight hours from Houston. <laughs> so Houston is the Mecca. Everybody runs in Houston. So to go to any Houston show, I got to drive eight hours <laughs> or with my last job, I was able to fly, but can't afford that now. But um, I'd say the most consistent company I go to is Pele pro at Arlington, which is a suburb of Dallas. And, uh, you know, they run some good shows. They just did, uh, Fuego del Sol Hammerstone, bunch of guys were at their show this weekend. Um, I also work with wrestle rave who runs out of, uh, Houston, the premier arena, do some stuff with new Texas too, all side of Houston. And, uh, I'm going to be working with inspire, um, out of Austin, uh, in December. Nice. So it's a lot of driving, but you know, there's nothing around me or if they are around me, it's, I hate to be that guy, but it's such a low level show. I, it's just not worth, it's not worth going. No, I understand that. Um, definitely understand having to drive. Um, luckily I have a decent local that's here in town, but otherwise I so jealous. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm driving. And luckily for me, it's more like two, three, four hours. But eight hour drive, you start to contemplate your existence around hour six. You're like, oh, what is life? Like six hours is about when I can drive comfortably. Eight hours is doable, but it's like uncomfortable. <laughs> it's extremely uncomfortable. And but it's all about, you know, 
paying your dues and making towns and proving to everybody that you want this, you know, and you know, if I get one video a month out of this, you know, if I have to drive eight hours, so be it, you know, I'm just, I love this to death, you know? So you drive eight hours there, you drive eight hours back. Um, how long does it take you to edit it? Uh, well, to put some context, Into, Pele like, Pro. usable, whatever. Yeah. So Pele Pro, I just, I drove down Saturday, went to the show, um, spent the night and drove back. I drove back, took like a couple hours nap and then just immediately banged out the video in probably like two and a half hours. So, and then the first Pele Pro show I went to, I drove five hours, went to the show and then drove five hours back like immediately and almost died on the road coming back. Cause I almost fell asleep, but um, I'm usually so excited and I usually have like the video mapped out in my head already to the point where as soon as I get home and as soon as I got the footage, we're just going, you know, give me a couple hours. It's done. You know, <laughs> like, I guess that's interesting to me. I, if it's more than four hours, I'm staying the night. Like I, I can't. That's smart. The five hour trip. Literally. I had to like call, I don't know. I, I called Alex. I called a, cu- a couple of other people to be like, you got to keep me awake. Like I'm going to die on this road. Like I well, learned my lesson. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, thank God for that. I'm glad you didn't die. Thank you. I'm glad you're still amongst the living. <laughs> Mr. Ivan fire day. So kind of like taking it back. Taking it back, what was a young Ivan Fire Day like? What were you like as a child? Uh, all over the place. <laughs> I have pretty severe ADD. So I was a bit of what the other kids called a spaz. <laughs> I know that's not a great term anymore, but I got I got called that, you know, Aww. quite a bit. So uh yeah, young me was just very energetic and all over the place and Definitely some bullying, you know, but you know, it's, uh, I'm a bit bigger now, so that helps, <laughs> but <laughs> I was a, I was a thin little kid, like real scrawny, tiny, you know, and, um, yeah, just extremely like creative. Like I was always like playing in the backyard. I'd create these like entire worlds and I'd have like all this lore in my house, like nine. I don't know how I did this. And you know, the reason I go by Ivan Fire J, which uh, spoiler is not my real name, um, is uh, that was a character I created when I was a kid, like playing in the backyard. So it was my way of like representing my creativity as I got older because my creativity like died when I hit like age 10 or 11 and it didn't come back until I found wrestling. So, Aww. well, I'm glad that you found wrestling. You're like, for for those of people, y'all that like have never met Ivan and don't know, you're like, you're over six feet tall, right? Yeah, I'm six, six, two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're like a really tall person. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard, especially when you're trying to film ringside. It's like, I got to get on my knees and like scrunch, you know, so I'm so, not in anybody's way. I was like, as far as that's concerned, like as if they have like a big tall ring, that's probably okay. But if they're on the floor, 
maybe a little more difficult. It's a little. <laughs> I try and stay out of the way as best I can, you know, but it's hard. I was like, so you're six foot two. <laughs> yeah, it's, my head's up to is over like it's right at that first, you know, buckle. But you know, we try. <laughs> so, who has had the most influence on you both in wrestling and out of wrestling? Like creatively, however you want to answer that question. Um, Whatever those words invoke in you, I'll go with video guys. Um, you know, because I would say John Carlo is extremely influential to me. Um, you know, he AEW GCW video guy. He was the one who did those like early Joey Janela like VHS promos. Um seeing those especially really like I, I was a weird kid in high school i wasn't watching music videos i was watching promos like those like wwe style like you know vignettes and hype pieces like i'd watch them in my i'd have them in my headphones as i was like walking down the hall in school like i just fell in love with that art form and john carlo was one of the first people i saw like on the indies doing it so I think that put it in my head, like, oh, I could do this. But I didn't realize that's what I wanted to do yet. And then Sean Ryan, who did the videos for OTT in Ireland, and then eventually went to NXT UK. Um, you know, he did the videos for, like, Jordan Devlin versus Walter that everybody saw and everybody freaked out about. Um, his videos inspired me so much because he was the first person who I saw. I had, like, ideas in my head of what I thought wrestling could represent. And then I saw his videos and I'm like, Oh my God, it works exactly what I thought. And those are the two most influential people to me. And the fact that I've gotten to talk to both of them and kind of pick their brains has been, it's such a great opportunity. I like that. There seems to be like a, like a thought of like collaboration is good versus seeing everyone as like my competition and I'm going to get you. I think that's human nature to like view everyone else's competition. But at the same time, I think a lot of the video guys out there right now are all so different in our styles that, you know, I'm guilty of viewing people as competition, but I think as I've gotten older, I'm a little more chill, like a perfect example being Tony D who. I bet in some people's minds you, you would think we wouldn't like each other because we are, we do run in extremely similar circles and sometimes we overlap, but love that guy. He's so generous. He's so just a great person to talk to. You know, I can, there's just not many people in video in the video sphere that I don't vibe well with. Like we're all just doing our thing. Nice. I mean, there's just, thousands of independent wrestlers and dozens and dozens of companies that there's room for everybody to kind of find their path or how we all look at it yes yeah and i i think it's also crazy now that like what i am is i'm a freelance videographer that didn't really exist in wrestling like six seven years ago it was people who worked with their companies. 
but then you know people came along like came along like there was a generation of me tony j rose abdullah guys who floated between different companies and it's cool now to also see like new people come into video editing and they're not just like one company like it's almost like that generation kind of influenced a new generation of like creating this freelance video editing market where people can like i'll go to this company i'll go to this company you know it's is wild to see i think too with just the rise in people putting their product out there for other people to see has maybe changed that a little bit because bet, yeah a lot for a while it was like i've been around independent wrestling for 10 years <laughs> and <laughs> and when you think about how many shows were never taped, never put anywhere, nobody ever saw it. If it was, if it was taped, it stayed with the company that probably went under five years ago. Like there's so much that, especially, you know, 10 years ago, but even, you know, 15 years ago, people never even saw, never even knew existed because there was nowhere for it to go. And to now have such like a wealth of, places for stuff to go and for people to see it um i think it's made companies realize how much more important it is to have somebody maybe not with your company but somebody that's actually you know, like good at it <laughs> to like do highlight videos and you know vignettes and reels and stuff yeah it's crazy. Like IWTV can show me someone who's like, I don't know, 10, 15 matches in has no so, sort of like video presence whatsoever. But if I'm like drawn into that person, I'll just reach out to them and I'll say like, Hey, like, let's, let's do stuff. I mean, that's how I met Robert Martyr. I saw him on a couple of small shows on IWTV and I was just like, I want to work with that guy. And then we ended up doing like 20, 30 freaking videos together. And that was when he started to kind of build his video presence. And now he's like so much more fleshed out as a character and he's doing amazing things, but it's very gratifying that I get to work with some of these people early on and kind of help translate their vision into like a video form. Yeah. Especially like when you mentioned Robert Martyr, how far he's come in even, you know, two, three years. So proud of him. From, from being like, like, and it's so weird because it's like when I watch him like on a show on IWTV or whatever and I see him in the ring, he looks big and tough. And then you meet him. <laughs> With his shorts like halfway up his body. Yeah. It's a contrast. <laughs> and he's he's so he's so nice and genuine. And it's good to see like people make a name and a presence for themselves and you know i would imagine just knowing that you've helped that along it's a, it's a great feeling for sure <laughs> and like especially because not everyone is going to sit down and watch every random iwtv show or every gcw show or every whatever show because right. people have like lives and stuff i don't but i i know people that me neither but, anyway. <laughs> but sometimes that 
you know, minute, minute and a half, two minute long video is what will draw people in, especially on Twitter and Instagram, I suppose. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to start moving to <laughs> Instagram a little more. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah, I'm crazy. so bad at Insta. Oh, I'm so bad. I am too. Like I've mastered Twitter, but now it's like, who knows what's going to happen? Right. Fingers crossed that like all of this Everything dies stays down. somewhat the same. Please, please for the for the Twitter presence I already have. Yeah. I don't have I don't have the capacity to do this I other places. Can't do it again. Like, same. <laughs> Like I'm not attractive enough to, to do well on Instagram. Like, please let me have Twitter. <laughs> Where I don't have to post a photo of myself every time I want to say something. God. Nobody uh, needs that. <laughs> but for you, with the videos that you do, like, do you have a like do you have a big Instagram presence or do you notice it growing? It's growing, but it's like it's like I'll post once a month. I'll post like the three or four best videos I did that month all within like five minutes of each other. It's just Twitter is my thing. I'm trying to keep an Instagram presence, but uh, it's the same as my YouTube presence. Like it's just, it's a backlog, you know, Twitter is like, Oh, what's happening today? You know? And, but Instagram's like, all right, here's what I've done the past six weeks. Here you go. You know? Yeah. I'm trying more to more like there. a, content storage than like yeah. an engagement type place exactly well everyone go follow i'm fire j on instagram yeah. so at fire j media <laughs> why i didn't do at ivan fire j on instagram i don't know but it's yeah no i get it <laughs> making it hard for myself it's fine <laughs> so what has been your greatest achievement in wrestling so far However, you define that. Effie versus Jeff Jarrett at the Hammerstein, without a doubt. The fact that it played in the venue, like, and that's the venue where, like, One Night Stand happened, you know, like, Ring of Honor's big shows, like, that, that's the most surreal moment I've had. And that's the moment that I always go back to when I'm like, you did that. Like no one can take that away from you. If I'm done tomorrow, it's like I had a video debut in the Hammerstein. So I got that without owning a camera. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? Skipping bass, not having a camera. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'd say, uh, uh, biggest obstacle just building that first bit of buzz you know because like i said i've been editing since 2016 i didn't get on twitter really till like 2020 but it's just it's hard to get that first bit of buzz it's much easier than it used to be now but like getting consistent getting good views you know and like constantly having content out there that was the hard part until finally in like 2021 that was the year where i was like okay all right now the hard work's starting to pay off you know because i've probably done like a thousand videos at this point you know you know and it 
about 75% of those have not been seen, you know, it's, but you gotta, you know, it's, you gotta be okay with that. It's just, it's like wrestling, you know, it's an opportunity will come out of nowhere. And sometimes you're just, you feel like you're grinding for no reason. And you're like, God, no one's watching this. No one cares, you know, but it's just, you keep going and you're like, an opportunity is going to come. That's the hard part. And I still struggle with that, but you know, opportunities don't come. Yeah. You kind of have to put yourself out there and just keep putting yourself out there and hope that the right person sees you at the right time. Yeah. And like, I was just messaging a bunch of people like, Oh, let me do a video for you. Let me do a video for you. Just going on red constantly. And then one day Jordan Oliver hit me up and I thought it was like a bot account. And that was the moment when like things changed, you know, cause I knocked, I felt like at the time was the best thing I'd ever done, knocked it out of the park. And that led to Alice Taylor hitting me up. That led to Griffin McCoy hitting me up. And that led to, you know, quite a few other people hitting me up, you know, and that's what started the ball rolling. And then, the mass marketing started of putting the logo at the beginning of every video. And I was like, I want that logo on the timeline once a day. That was the goal. And then eventually some people got sick of it. Some people were messaging me like, God, if I see your logo one more time and I'm like, it's working. You're like, excellent. (laughs) Excellent. So going from, you said you started in 2016, kind of started picking up steam in 2020-2021. How did the pandemic impact your ability to do videos? If I'm being perfectly honest, the pandemic helped me. Because <laughs> it was people who didn't, they weren't wrestling, but they wanted to stay, you know, on. they wanted to stay relevant. They wanted to stay consistently in people's minds. So a bunch of people needed highlight reels and I wasn't a big highlight reel person. I liked making music videos, but, and up until 2020 on top until 2020, I'd only done like three videos, Twan Tucker, Edith Surreal, Keita Murray. Like that was it. Shout out those three. I think those were my first three clients. Um, but I love all three of them. Um, but 2020 it was a lot of people who were just they weren't getting any work so you know i lowered my price and i said hey pandemic special like let's do you need a video like just to remind people you're here and that's what you know that's when i did stuff with lee moriarty you know and you know that's what led to a lot of picking up that steam you know nice yeah People wanted to remain visible when there was no wrestling exactly. or very, very little. Exactly. But I'm glad that it worked out for you. Um, I think like for me and in, in my capacity, the pandemic gave me time to kind of catch up to where other people were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as kind of becoming, I was kind of coming in kind of new into independent wrestling, not in my local area and everybody was home and bored. So (laughs) it was a lot of, if you're good at 
networking, you could kind of start using that to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing to do, you know, so people had to get creative, you know. So I asked this question to everybody that I have on here. I'm going to ask you, even though it's a little bit weird and maybe doesn't apply, but it's still a really fun question regardless. If you had an action figure of yourself and it was one of the ones that could say words or phrases, what would you want it to say and what accessories would it come with? <laughs> it would probably say some swear words, but I'll, 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 think, of, <laughs> I'll think of something else. Oh, it would come with a laptop for sure. And my, maybe my little Fuji, my little Fuji film camera. Um, I'm trying to think of something I say all the time. You need a catchphrase. I'll, I'll send you the good footage I shoot, brother. <laughs> like something <laughs> like that. I say that a lot, you know? Uh, um, shoot. I, I guess that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I have things that like, I don't want to swear on here, but like you can I'm, swear, it's fine. Uh, well, it's swear. like I have I have a really <laughs> crappy computer that like barely works, and there's so many times where it'll just give out, and I'll just go, "God fucking damn it!" You know, like it, <laughs> that's what I probably say more than anything is because this computer is so bad. I'm just like, God fucking, you know, and I'm because like, <laughs> I'm this close to finishing, and then the whole thing goes down. I'm like, oh god, when was the last time I saved? You know, and it's like. <laughs> That panic that sets in, you're like, oh, <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. So, yeah, make turn it into like a sales pitch. Like, hire Ivan Fire Day for all your video needs. <laughs> I should have. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Competitive rates. I don't know. Yeah. Little business cards come flying out. You know, <laughs> like one of those little like, um, like money shooters, but it's just like, <laughs> Ivan Fire Day business cards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You should do that. You should Don't find me. Don't do tempt that me. for the next show you go to and just see how that, see what happens. <laughs> just in the locker room. <laughs> Someone gets like a wicked paper cut. <laughs> <It's>, ah! <laughs> no. I'm, I, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I, I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, if you do that, I'm going to humbly request that you do video. And just put that, on, put that on Instagram. Make that an Instagram exclusive <laughs> video of you with a. Uh, I'm shooting some footage with a uh, Merc in like two weeks. Maybe I should do that. That like I'll pretend to be filming him, and then I'll just like he turns around, and I slowly pull out the the money gun, and just. <laughs> as long as you say uh, "Glory be," I think he'll be it's- fine. Glory being just like cards everywhere. It's like the scene in Harry Potter with the envelopes like falling down. Oh, shout out Merc. Merc is fun. Shout out Merc. I met him for the first time in person uh, this weekend, and I didn't. I didn't think he was going to be there, and he just walked in. I was like, "Dude!" Like it was him and the and Aaron Wade, and I was just like, "What are you guys doing here?" Like. <laughs> Merck is fantastic. Um, the last time I saw him, it was at a show that I didn't think he was going to be at. And I was like, Merck! They're making towns. Uh, I mean, that was, a random, that was a Texas show. And like, you know, they don't live anywhere near Texas. So I was no. quite shocked to see them. Have you met Aaron Wade before? Uh, we, I, th- I think, 
we know of each other i think i think he knows who i am but we met for the first time you know this past weekend where i just went like hey love your stuff let's do something together he was just like oh yeah cool so i think he he wants to do something for his tag team you know which great tag team so great tag team aaron wade and coach cody manhorn friends of the stack love those two squatting dragons fantastic i i legitimately love those two dudes they're so fun (laughs) they were in the battle royal on my show and Oh, I'm glad they got in the battle royal. Yeah, they were happy. they were great. I don't think they saw me with the camera until they were eliminated, and then they start as soon as they saw me, they like put on the facial expressions like, "Oh, we lost," and I was just like <laughs> working the camera. I appreciate it, guys. Like <laughs> those two dudes are so fantastic. I they I were absolutely love them. <laughs> so many shout outs in this episode. But right. Well, I mean, we got, it's not enough. More, more shout outs. We need more. <laughs> And it helped that you picked like a lot of friends of the stack and friends of the bald monkey, which to be fair is a lot of people at this point, but like you picked a lot of Southern people. That's a lot of people that I work with. Yeah. No, I mean, people, I don't know. Maybe someone from the outside might've thought I just jumped on the Southeast first bandwagon because it was popular, but like being in the South, Texas is the South, you know, like I have a lot of pride for Southern wrestlers. You know, and, you know, I see a lot of those Southern guys come over to Texas, you know, so I love this from the Southeast to the South Central Texas scene. You know, I have a lot of love. Hell yeah. I, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I've been lucky that since I've joined with the Bond Monkeys and started doing the stack that I've been sort of like taken in by the Southeast. Um, So I feel a lot of love for them. They are Everyone that I've ever met has been so wonderful and sweet and kind. And I just, I love the Southeast. Except for Merrick Donovan. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I love you, Merrick. What? <laughs> just like the nicest person ever. I was like, he's such a sweetheart. <laughs> oh. So he pretends to be. So he pretends to be. I mean, <laughs> no, he's he, is, the, he's he, is, he is pretty cutthroat at Uno. Yeah, but they My favorite, are. He just sent me a selfie one day of him and a horse, just like, just him and the horse. And I was just like unprompted. I was like, "Cool, Merrick. <laughs> like, that's that's great." You know? Wow, Merrick doesn't send me selfies of him and the horse. <laughs> uh, that's one. Uh, that's a fire J guy right there. I <laughs> oof. We're gonna make sure he succeeds. Like, he's one of my favorite people in wrestling. He is fantastic. He's such a sweetheart. I was able to see him and catch up with him a little bit at SCI this past year. Um, super excited to see where he will go and end up um, to kind of catch somebody on the on the come up and to see yeah. where they're going to eventually progress to is always exciting. He's a first ballot. If I were ever to <laughs> print... I'm a I'm an Ivan Fire J guy. <laughs> First ballot Fire J guy. Ah. Jeez. I'm not going to print those shirts. That is a horrible idea. But <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Merrick Donovan. <laughs> like it's been very I've been I've been I feel like I've been very fortunate to have met a lot of really cool people and a lot of really good people and travel a whole bunch. So 
try to catch up with you on the traveling, but the people I've met so far in wrestling is, you know, I, I'm, you know, I don't get out too much. I'm pretty guarded and, you know, I'm kind of keep to myself, but you know, it's the people I've met in wrestling are, you know, there's, I've met some bad people, but nine times out of 10, I've met some amazing people. Yeah. I, the good has always outweighed the bad for me. Exactly. And it's like the bad people don't matter. You have to kind of, yeah, you're not around them much, you know, because you just disengage. Yep. You just, uh, you just choose not to talk to them. And if you see them at shows, you can ignore them is what I usually, that's usually, it's usually the, the role I take is I pretend you ain't there. (laughs) Keep her moving. Yeah, shake shake your hand, go about your way. You know, just yeah, plenty of other people there to, <laughs> to engage with. So exactly, exactly. Don't need to waste my time on people who don't matter. Um, what is the wrestling word that you use most outside of wrestling? Gimmick. <laughs> Gimmick, brother. Uh, brother is only when it's like I've just come home from a wrestling show. Or like at a show, I say brother a lot, but like gimmick is one. Uh, no sell, I say no sell a lot. Pop, it's it's bad. It's bad. See, like you and I both are not wrestlers. We have never been wrestlers, but we hang around with a lot of wrestlers. You're in a locker and room you long enough, you start to say those things, you know. And my favorite is it's now bled over into my family, where I forget I forget what the scenario was. But it was like it was like an NCIS or something. I was like visiting my mother, and she was like, "Oh, he looked like he bladed." I just put my head in my hands, and I was just like, "What have I done?" <laughs> you what corrupted I, your poor sweet mother. What have I done? But uh, no gimmick. I say too much, and I've had people go like, "Why do you say that?" Like, 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 oh, look at this Christmas gimmick over here. You know, it's just like you know, it's a good filler placeholder word for other things for everything it's it can be every part of speech (laughs) i can't stand like people who aren't wrestlers because there's certain words i don't say that wrestlers use that i know it's like hey i can use a couple of these but there's some that are like so insider i'm like okay only people in ring should use those words you know like iggy is one that i'm like i'm not i'm never gonna say that you know i hear it all the time but i'm never gonna say it because that's not for me but I can't stand like fans who use those words. Oh, it drives me crazy. I'm just like, that's not your word. Like <laughs> use gimmick, use no sell, use those words, you know. Yeah. Like, there's certain words I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, like like more like in-ring mechanic type words. I'm like, yeah. mm, I'm like that's not that's not for you. Not for me. Yeah. I don't I try I try not to set foot in a ring if I can at all help it. I've never been in a ring. I and I don't only... plan on it unless I'm filming. Like I'm wrestling is the love of my life. I've loved it since I was 15 years old. I treat it with more respect than anything in my life. And so there are certain things I just don't do. You know, I don't get in the ring. I don't go in the like into the like actual locker room. I'll go backstage. I don't go in the locker room. You know, there are certain things that are just like, hey, we don't do that, you know. Yep, I've been working with my local for eight years. I have been in the locker room exactly twice. And it was because somebody specifically told me to go and get somebody or tell somebody something specific. 
Otherwise, that is not the place for me. I don't need to see what's going on back there. It does not pertain to me. I it's have not no exactly exciting there. anyway. It's just, <laughs> no. But like it's, as auxiliary people, you need to learn that like there's a line. You're there to help. You're there to make everybody look good. But you're not. The show's not about you. And, you know, yeah. there are certain parts of the show that you don't need to be involved with. There are certain things you don't need to be doing, you know. And th- th- that just came naturally to me. I don't know why, but, like, I see some people that are just, like, people who aren't involved in wrestling to come film. They're like, I'm just going to walk right in the locker room. And, oh, this guy's masked, but I don't pay attention. I'm going to start filming him. And I'm like, oh, st- uh, there's something. <laughs> just what are you doing? <laughs> pay attention. Just pay a little bit of attention, you know. Yeah, I I feel the same as you do. I don't I don't go in the locker room. I have only I think I've, I don't know that I've ever been in a ring, other than at one point, um, several like over a decade ago, probably a decade and a half ago. I'm old. Um, I would go like me and my sister went to a bunch of like TNA shows, and at the end, you could get in the ring and take a picture with whatever wrestler that they yeah. had. That's different. It's like a photo yeah. op. Like, I honestly believe that's, like, the only time I've ever crawled into a ring. Yeah. Uh, never have. And the only time I go in the locker room is to, like, put my stuff down. And then it's, like, I get all my stuff. I put it in my pockets. And I'm, like, let's go. And then come back and get my stuff, you know. But it's yeah, it's just a respect thing, you know. Yeah, I'm not leaning around while people are trying to put together matches. And, I, and yeah, it doesn't interest me. <laughs> Sometimes I'll ask, like, um if there's something I need to look out for. Yeah. You know, like if I'm, if I got somebody who's a client of mine, who's in a match, I'll be like, Hey, I got you. But like, is there a big spot that like you need me to get? And they'll tell me, you know, but, Oh, I'm doing something on the apron, which I wouldn't have caught unless they had told me, you know, and I always appreciate that. Cause at the end of the day, I'm going to send them the footage. So it's helping them if they tell me. Well, that too. And I suppose like from your perspective, if you're at ringside, like shooting, you need to know which side to be on. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little scary. <laughs> and for to both get really good shots and like to avoid anything like banana sandwiches. So you don't get like blasted with a light tube or yeah. something. Freaking Dale Springs threw one of his golf clubs and hit my camera at the last oh, show. Oh, that punk. Oh, that would have yeah, like. I'm kidding. I, I I love Dale, but it's he. I've yeah. I've I've never met Dale, but he has it on the stats. <laughs> he has. I didn't know. No, he's a great guy. We got some. <laughs> I convinced him to shoot some like B roll at the Pele show, so I was like <laughs> laying down in this muddy grass, like filming him like <laughs> take shots with his golf club. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's all. It's all for the. It's all for the video, you know. It's, it's I was like, like just trust like, me, just trust me. Like that kind of stuff would be like a cool entrance video. Exactly. And then, like for my Pele Pro music video, I had a shot of him like walking into the building, and the club like slowly comes over his back. It's just like I realized when I was filming that there were so many other people filming that I needed to be different. And everybody's really good at getting in ring stuff, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to be the in ring guy. I'm going to be like the character guy. I'm going to get cool shots of like character set up, you know, people walking in, walking backstage, like establishing characters better. And then also getting ring stuff. But that's my focus is telling the story of these characters. Yeah. Especially when like Dale Springs has like a fully 
fledged out like character persona however you want to look at it exactly and then like you know somebody like Merc, who like when he gets in the ring you know he's doing his thing but like outside of the ring he's got like goons he's got a hat a cape and it's like god why wouldn't you want to get shots of that like like i get to the venue early i message a couple of people on these shows and i go hey if you want to film just get to the building like two hours early we'll do some stuff you know and that's my favorite part of it is we get to look around the venue and be like okay what fits you know we'll be like oh like let's go in this room and then we'll like film some cool character stuff you know helps them helps me you know helps everybody all around it also makes us think creatively yeah and you're right like i can't think of like a whole lot of other people that are probably out like doing that kind of work and i think as video like more companies have entrance videos that kind of stuff will become more important yeah i'd say so and it's it's just i don't know i i just knew i had to be different and like that's the thing about my entire editing and video careers i've always tried to look and see what's missing and what i can do differently and that's always helped it might not like get me the attention or the acclaim that I wanted, but at the very least it helped like progress me forward. You know, and that was the thing I saw guys like tussle mania, Tony D uh, pro wrestling cinema, all these people who are getting such good shots of in ring that I was like, I'm, I need to get good at that, but that doesn't need to be my focus. If I'm trying to be different, you know, they're already killing it, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, you find ways to market yourself. So you had mentioned that you have to drive a little bit um, in order to go to shows. What are you listening to on your drives? Like what is your go-to like either road music or if you listen to podcasts, like I always download a couple of podcasts. Uh, The sessions with Renee Paquette is always a good one. Um, the struggles, you know, spotlight series, you know, I'll go back and listen to some of those old ones while I'm driving shout out struggles. Um, what else? And then music. It's like, I have such a wide variety, but a lot of the times I'll be listening to the song that I want for the music video while I'm driving. And then I'm like, I'm thinking of what I'm going to do. To the point when, like, when I finally do the video, I'm like, oh, thank God, I never have to listen to this song again. <laughs> and no one tells you that as a video person that you ruin songs because you got to hear them like a billion times in the edit. So to the point when you're done, you're like, ugh, I'm like never again. But no, it's just like a wide variety of like from metal to punk to rap to, you know, it's all over the place. But what would be the most surprising song on the Iron Fire J playlist? Complicated by Avril Lavigne. That's my guilty pleasure <laughs> song. I love that song, but I'll jam out like <laughs> oh, that. Maybe Rockstar by Nickelback because I listened to that as a kid, and I still think that's a good song, regardless of what people think of Nickelback. Rockstar still solid. I'm more like pained by the fact that like you said you listened to that as a kid and I was like I was solidly old by the time that already came out. First album I ever bought with my own money was Nickelback's All the Right Reasons when I was nine years old. 
Yep. I feel like like an old. I feel like I might as well just be like Sophia. Listen, I was still born in the nineties, <laughs> ninety eight technically, but you know, it's I'm I'm not a two thousands kid. Bless. I couldn't. I don't. Mm, I was like, I don't think I could be your mom. It would be very improbable. <laughs> That still freaks people out with the bald head and the beard. They're like, you're 30, right? I'm like, no, 24. So you still I mean, got a I'm lot of old. years left. Yeah, yeah. So many more years. So many more videos. How many, like, ballpark, like, how many videos do you think you produce in, like, a month? Like, if you have, like a like a like, a good regular month. Uh, 10 to 15. Oh, that's fun. Like every two, three days. Like that's a lot. The month of January in 2021, I did, I think 40, Jesus, 40, 42, something like that. That was when I did the GCW hall of fame as well. And that really screwed me because I already (laughs) just like completely booked up for, I was doing a video a day. And then GCW hit me up and said, can you do the Indie Hall of Fame induction videos? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, but I was, then I was doing like two videos a day. And oh. Like internally screaming. It was bad. But everything got done. Everything got produced. Well, and you can't turn down like an opportunity like that. Indie Hall of Fame when I was doing like the induction videos for like Homicide and you know, Jerry Lynn, I couldn't turn that down. You know, that was a great honor. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Not a lot of people know I, t- I did those. But... <laughs> you should tell people. No, nah, you know, I like having a couple of secrets that I can be like, hey, did you know I also did this? Fair enough. We don't want to reveal everything, but also like, maybe people really like those. I mean, you know, Hire you off of them. Do you want a stack exclusive? Yes. I always want stack exclusives. I think only like two or three people know this, but (laughs) this is so stupid. But I did the homicide induction video. I did it to like a Suicide Boys songs and I put like a police scanner audio under the beginning because it just sounded hard. And I was like, this is cool. But like, I want them to say like 817. You know, because it's homicides gimmick. So on this microphone, I recorded myself saying code eight one seven and I edited it so it like you can kinda it kinda sounds like it's on the scanner. <laughs> so if you watch that bag, you hear someone go like code eight one seven, which I don't even think that's the proper way of like to say it, but yeah, that was me. <laughs> I put that in there. It's awesome. Like you got into recording your own things for your videos because you thought it would fit better that's one of the only times i've ever done it but it's (laughs) yeah i was just like well might as well because i i tried for hours to find a good like audio of that and i couldn't find it so i was like shoot just do it myself but yeah i haven't told anybody that so there you go jack exclusive yeah so on your road trips, like, you know, I am a Snackosaurus Rex. I love snacks. What are your road snacks? Like, what are you eating to make sure that you don't die while you're driving? Uh, I always got my Blue Monster. Always. Um, 
<laughs> you saw me chug quite a few of those in Dallas. Uh, uh, goldfish is always a, a go-to for me. Cliff Bar is always a go-to for me. Again, something you saw me like survive off of in Dallas. You uh, were so kind as to gift me a bag of goldfish. And one day that was like the only thing I had eaten that was like real food. And thank you <laughs> because I needed it. <laughs> I was so broke. I had no, I had $40 in my bank account when I drove to Dallas and I had a bag of goldfish, cliff bars and monsters. And I was like, this is all I can eat for the next like three days. And I didn't tell anybody. So no, no one would be, you didn't No, So I, cause I thought people would be like, let me buy you food. I'm like, no, I'm good. And I, I lived off that. And then as I was driving home, I like treated myself to a meal cause I hadn't spent any money. You, the, I'm very broke, but I make it work. Same thing I did this weekend. I bought a bunch of snacks for the road and said, "All right, this is my food for the next two days." I'm scolding you from the future about things from the past. Look, I don't need more food. It's fine. I admit. <laughs> I admit. Tisk tisk. And I know that you did the same thing roughly in Tampa. Tampa was a little different. I had a little more money then, but, <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it was, it was similar, which I, I lived off of Seven Eleven hot dogs. Cause there was a Seven Eleven like two blocks over and yeah, though they were like a dollar hot dogs. So I had dollar hot dogs like five or six times while I was in Tampa. Amen. I mean, you know, I appreciate your, that's what I'm looking for. Dedication to uh, making it work for indie wrestling. Uh, we try. We try. <laughs> so you alluded to this earlier. I don't know if you want to share, but I always ask, um, especially people that I know travel, and I know that you travel, what your best travel story is. Something either funny that happened or exciting or something that was very memorable, or um, if you showed up to like a venue to shoot video or whatever, and you go there and you go, what the fuck is this? Like, uh, so like a wrestling horror story. The first time I saw the premiere arena in Houston was pretty scary. It's like, it's in the middle of not the best part of Houston. And you turn down an alley and it's like a dirt mud road and you see two warehouses and it's like in a junkyard. So there's like old abandoned school buses and shit. And you see one is a chop shop and they're like rebuilding a car. And it's got one of those like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like sliding doors. And then there's the building on the left. You open it up and there's a ring in there. And I love the Premier Arena with all my heart. First place I ever got to film ringside. But most Texas people will tell you it, it's sketchy, you know. It's a little jarring going into it sight unseen. <laughs> Yeah, first time I went there was to see GCW. And I remember going, there's no way this is the right place, <laughs> you know. But um, other than that, me and uh, John Fist uh, traveling from Houston to Dallas because I don't get to travel with people very often because, you know, I live in Lubbock and there's not many other people out here. You know, there's like one other guy who's like a wrestler who's constantly doing stuff. Other than that, it's like two of us. That's it. But and we don't really know each other 
very well. So me and Fist, <laughs> me and John going from Houston to Dallas was so nice because I had company. Aww. Um, God, other than that, just... There was a guy in front of me on the way to Dallas this past trip. He passed me and he was a pickup truck and he had three aluminum ladders. I remember thinking that's weird. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, what's that in the road? Shit. And I like move and there was there was a ladder just in the middle. Of the road. Almost final destination. Yourself. Yeah, it, it was scary. But <sighs> no. And then there's just a lot of horror stories of me like driving and then I'm just, you know, and I like wake up and it's like. I was like, dr- I'm drinking like four monsters, five hour energies. I'm like, I can't wake up, you know, and I'm like slapping myself. I'm like, stay awake, you know, like, but I've had Hold a couple the windows of- territory. I've had some close calls. <laughs> Let's just say that. But well, I'm glad that they were close calls and didn't <laughs> didn't take you out. Didn't completely. actually die. Yeah. <laughs> I try and be better now, but it's ugh. sometimes you got to, you know. So I just have a few more questions um, then we'll wrap it up. All right. Uh, Do you have any hidden talents? Uh, I always say video editing because no one like, because I don't tell too many people in my real life about what I do. Well, they know I edit in wrestling, but they don't know to the extent. Um, No, that's fair. Uh, let me think. I'm pretty good at like screaming like metal vocals. <laughs> and most people don't know that. That's that's another passion of mine that I don't I've always wanted to like do that. But again, I don't know people in that scene who live in the middle of West Texas. So maybe one day I'll explore that. But yeah. that's something I've gotten decent at. Um okay. yeah, I'd say. Other than that, I don't have too many talents. I've done like stand up a couple of times, but nothing like nothing crazy. I mean, I've never done that, so <laughs> I would call that a hidden talent. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I only did it like twice, but you know. Well, you did it. It was interesting. It's scary. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's much scarier than filming a death match or something like you know like yeah i gotta worry about his light tubes (laughs) i hope no audience member to stand up like tube you but (laughs) get fucked i'm a fire (laughs) dude with the bundle (laughs) i had a co-worker recently who messaged me an old coworker, and she was like, I want to go to one of those light tube stick fights. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, that's what they're called. You got it right on the first track. Bless light tube heart. stick fights. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. <laughs> she gonna find out. <laughs> she gonna find out. It's like, oh, light tubes. Okay, dope. Okay, so now we're to the fuckery board portion of the evening where there's just gusset plates glued on a board for no apparent reason other than to hit somebody with. How do you feel about that? Did, you, did she say fuckery board or shortery board, you know, with like the cheeses and <laughs> like, no. Yes, no, it's, it's, not a, it's not a charcuterie board. Like oh, that's what the word is. I said like shortery board. I, I know what you it. meant. Yeah. 
No. Oh, and no. it's actually like a charcuterie board, but like charcuterie yeah. board. Yeah. Charcuterie board. However you want to put it. <laughs> I knew I knew what you meant. The fancy boards with the meat and the cheeses and the crackers and the fruits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gusset plates and scissors <laughs> and forks and metal cans. Oh my god. Deathmatch charcuterie board <laughs> coming That's at you. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm like thinking of like what would a definite charcuterie board be like? Just one of those really nice cutting boards with gussets on it, you know. Gussets and like, oh, would you like a syringe? <laughs> oh my god, I the I syringe got spots. See, I got to see Dmitry Alexandrov versus Sawyer Wreck at Russell Rave, and they did double syringe through the cheek spots to both of them. It's horrifying. I can't even release the footage. It's so bad. Like, oh no! <laughs> Go check that match out. It's gnarly, but I need to because I really like both of those people. Yeah, they're great. so fantastic, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Russell Rave anniversary show, first oh. show I ever filmed ringside. You can see, <laughs> you can see Sawyer Rank and Dimitri stab each other through the cheeks with syringes. That that like for as many death matches as I've gone to now, because like when I started the pandemic, I did not like death matches. When I emerged from the pandemic, I was like, "Fuck your death matches." <laughs> so it, the pandemic changed me in that regard. But like, I still can't like get over like a syringe spot. Syringes is as far as I'll go. My two hard limits are knife boards and weed whackers. Those, those are my hard limits where I go, no, nope, I'm not filming this. You know, like <laughs> knife boards, if they're done right, you know, it's okay. But I, I remember the incident where Takeda took a knife board spot and he leaned forward and his back like opened up. And that has always like stuck with me. Wow. Oh, scissors. Scissors are bad too. The Jimmy <laughs> Lloyd incident when it was like stuck in his chest. Te- yeah, that's another hard limit. Oh, yeah. It's just like a matter of like, you have to be so careful around those things. And there's just like such the potential for them to go just like, horribly wrong uh, I'm, I'm just thinking of that jimmy lloyd spot again uh, i'd forgotten i'd blacked it out <laughs> i'm here to bring up trauma <laughs> he just looks down his freaking scissors oh my god mm. cicada man it's crazy so um so moving right along um what would you tell a 10 year old version <laughs> watch out for scissor boards <laughs> oh 10 year old version of myself don't let these kids half your size bully you. Why don't you like take some of them out? You know. <laughs> oh my god! I had a kid who used to bully me when I was ten, and he was half my size. Like, but I was—I just wouldn't do anything back, and he knew that, you know. So I would—I'd be like, throw some hands. That'd be my advice. <laughs> or I'm in fire, Jay, pacifist. <laughs> <laughs> that or you know, like start watching wrestling like because i didn't start watching until i was 15 so it would have been nice to get those five extra years in no that's fair but i i've been watching wrestling for as long as i can remember um so i've been through the last bit of the 80s early 90s and through the attitude era and whatever crap was after that ruthless aggression is that what they call yeah. it after yeah. that not that i was like the biggest attitude era gal either but 
I think a lot of people have like a real nostalgia for it. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, but was it really that good? <laughs> or was it just that good because you were young? <laughs> right. First pay-per-view I ever saw was WrestleMania 30. So Aww. Daniel Bryan versus Batista and Randy Orton. Dang. It was a decent show. Undertaker losing, all that good stuff. Like <laughs> Like I feel like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I've been uh, <laughs> so if you had an Ivan Fire J scented candle, what would it smell like? Uh, probably an ice latte. <laughs> I can't imagine how many ice lattes I've gone through editing. <laughs> Because I'm I'm pretty public about I, I like editing at coffee shops, you know. So I do you know that? Yeah, most of my videos have been done in coffee shops, which is a lot of fun as well when you're doing like a deathmatch video and you turn around and there's someone across the room like <laughs> just <laughs> horrified, like what the fuck does this person do? <laughs> oh, here, I'll, I'll tell you the the worst incident of that. Please was, do. I'm excited. I was using Premiere Pro, which is my editing software, and there's a little like audio like indicators on the side so some like local musician chick came up to me and was like oh like do you do you record songs and i was like oh no i do videos and i pointed and i was doing a deathmatch down under video (laughs) and i I had i don't know it's insane that it caught it at just this moment it was callan butcher shout out callan biting into a light tube (laughs) and i remember her going oh oh and i was just like no, like it's just at the wrong time. But no, there's <laughs> it's almost every coffee shop around where I live is like a Christian coffee shop. So it's like all people going in there to like do Bible study and stuff. And then I'm in the I'm like sitting at the bar editing people like covered in blood, <laughs> like hitting each other with glass. Just like just, Jesus. <laughs> that, it was, it's led to a couple of moments when it's like what are you working on i'm like oh oh god <laughs> like just freaking callan had to bite a light tube right at the right at that moment that's fantastic like that is the perfect perfect moment for someone to really question what you're doing and yeah. be so kind to ask you about it. i had a buddy of mine before he became friends with me he was like I thought you were editing like porn or something. <laughs> and then I met you and then I was like, oh, that's what he edits. And I, was... I wonder if people think you're editing like snuff films or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it's blood, half naked people. Like it's, it's times like that. I miss when I was a writer you know, for a wrestling journalist, because I could just pretend I was writing some article about something else. You know, what can you do? It comes with the territory. You know, someday you'll, somebody will see you editing something and they'll be like, oh, that's so-and-so and and you'll become like BFFs. (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe so. I have high hopes. So, uh, what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapon? <laughs> this is an old spaces question. 
Yes, it is. Not oh. the other old spaces question, like the PG old spaces question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember it. the other questions. It's horrible. <laughs> Freaking V! Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm gonna have to message him now and bring that up. Be like, <laughs> if you were in a dark alley. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> or, or, or I guess there's another Stasis question. It's also. Oh no! We're not, no, 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 Moving on. Okay. <laughs> that one's so not that. That one's I not mean... that bad. We're not going to talk about that one though. Okay. We'll move, we'll move on. Uh, biggest. Everyone animal. else can wonder about it. Oh, like a a deer, but not one with antlers. It's like, a, like a doe. A... <laughs> <laughs> like a lady deer. <laughs> And it would be close, you know. It would be like uh, if if I fought one a hundred times, I'd win like forty, you know. But like, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Probably that, you know, probably a doe. Then That's maybe fair. like a big dog, you know, that was like didn't have teeth. You know, I was gonna say it was toothless. Like an old big dog, like, Clifford. You're just gonna fight Clifford. Just knock the dentures out of his mouth and just. Uh, uh. <laughs> you can tell I've never been in a fight with anything. <laughs> Same. Um. So, how do you take your pancakes? What do you like in them and on them? I used to freak people out because I used to eat them with no syrup, no butter, just just plain pancakes. I mean, that's a choice. Yeah, but now I do, you know, syrup and butter. Okay. You you engage in toppings. <laughs> yeah, just I was a very plain Jane like kind I mean, of person growing up. I am too, but pancakes are just open for experimentation. Yeah, I recently had like the chocolate chip pancakes at Denny's, and those were there was a lot of chocolate that got, almost took me out. I was like, this is too much, but. I like a good chocolate chip pancake. I like to put peanut butter on my chocolate chip pancakes. Okay. Give me a stack of buttermilk with butter and syrup, and I'm happy. Hell yeah. Can't go wrong with classic pancake. You can't. So I'm going to take you on like a mental journey. Oh, boy. So just like bear with me. Okay. So imagine that you're hungry. Okay. And you want something sweet. And you're at the store and you're walking down the aisles, all the aisles, and you go down the cookie aisle and you're like, hell yeah, I love cookies. Who doesn't love cookies? You're like, I want cookies. So you go to the cookie aisle and you look and you're like, you don't want like, you don't want chocolate chip cookies. You don't want like, like the fancy Milano cookies. You want America's favorite cookie, which is indeed the Oreo. So you go to the section where all the Oreos are and you're like, I don't want the store brand Oreos. I don't like regular Oreos, like real Oreos. And, but you don't want any of the, like, you don't want any of the flavors. Like you eschew the flavors because you're like, I don't need a Swedish fish Oreo today. You just want like a chocolate cookie and a white cream center Oreo, but you still have choices. So are you picking like a thin with just like very small cookies, very small amount of, of cream? Are you picking like your regular OG Oreo with just, you know, the standard amount of cookie to cream? Are you picking like a double stuff, which supposedly has twice the amount of stuff, but really it's only like a time and like two thirds. Or are you picking like the most stuff, like getting all of the stuff? Uh, regular, just, you know, I like, <laughs> that's a good amount. 
<laughs> if I if I could get the the yellow vanilla ones as well, that would make me really happy. Oh, so you're a golden Oreo guy. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you just revealed so much about my personality with that. I've been fire Jay has layers, and there are apparently <laughs> layers of golden Oreos. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the unofficial correct answer to that question is, of course, double stuffed Oreos. Even though it's not technically twice the stuff, it's more like a time and two thirds. Didn't realize there was correct answers. <laughs> okay. It was it was an official correct answer. I'm not okay. going to judge you for your choices, okay. but there is a right answer. I mean, I feel but judged, it, but it's okay. Just just because of that, or <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Never. It's fine. It's like our whole it's like our whole thing. We have like a logo that's based on a double stuff story. Well, true, <laughs> but you know it's fine. Have all of the single stuffed golden Oreos that your heart can handle. I will be more than happy to support you in your Oreo endeavors. Um, my money? Whatever you like. Well, thank you. you for approving of my choices. Well, you know. <laughs> um, this question comes from Vic. He, when we did it live, he would always um, ask this question. So now that we're not live, I ask this question on behalf of Vic. Who do you think has the best gear of all time? Oof. Of all time? Yes. Toshiaki Kawada. The gold, the yellow and black, it's just oof. Killer. Okay. But if we're talking someone a little more modern, I'll go with that. Um, I'll just name a couple people whose gear I really like. Martyr, I like his gear. Dale Springs, obviously. <laughs> He has a whole look about him. Oh, God. I'm trying to think who else. I like how Moxley has his, like, jeans, but there's always something a little different in the design. Like, there's a different logo or there's different, like, color in it. As a diehard Hangman fan, I'd probably say current Hangman is probably best gear in wrestling right now. Uh, for like, I guess she's not really indie wrestler anymore, but like um an indie wrestler that I always I like her gear. Um uh Willow Nightingale. Oh, love I her. love her gear. Her gear she, she's a great person, but like her gear is always I think her color palette just like speaks to what I enjoy for colors. It's like the purples and the violets and the lilacs, you know. It pops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe that's why. I, plus, it's like glittery and sparkly, and I love like glitter and sparkles. So her gear always speaks to me. But I think that best gear of all time is always very individual. It's definitely what speaks to you and what you enjoy aesthetically. Also, you know, just the stuff that stands the test of time, the stuff that you remember, doesn't always have to be the flashiest gear, but yeah. gear that when you see it, you know whose it is. Yeah, that's why I like Kawadas so much. Yeah. You know, I like that All Japan, you know, just black and yellow. And you saw that come out and you were like, oh, I'm going to get kicked in the head tonight. Let's go. Like, <laughs> it was coming. See? So what do you have coming up on your plate that you can tell us about as far as like if you have some upcoming video packages or upcoming shows that you're going to be at? Um, uh, let me think. Start any with cool shows. stuff coming out? Yeah, we'll start with shows. I will be at 
wrestle raves in your warehouse in uh, next Saturday. It's either next Friday or next Saturday. I think it's next Saturday, um, which will be a great show. Edith Surreal versus Heidi Howitzer. That'll be great. Aaron Mercer versus Shoda. Monsters Ball with Dimitri and uh, Merck and Great Scott and Sky De Lacrimosa. I'll be doing the video package for that as well. That'll be fun. Never seen a Monsters Ball match, so that'll be great. Uh, oh, and ASF versus Kid Bandit will also be on that show, which will be great. Um, and then after that, I'll be at Inspire's uh, Christmas show, which is free, I believe, for fans. And that'll be in Austin. They haven't announced any any matches for that yet. And then after that, there's another show I'm trying to get booked on in between those. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but see. Um, I'll just say it's Uncanny Attractions in Austin. I'm trying to get booked on that show because there's a lot of people I love on that show. But And then after that, so those two, Russell Rave and Inspire, and then Pele is running another show in January. So that'll be good kind of hinting at um, Mike Bennett versus Fuego Del Sol might happen in that show because Mike Bennett's the new Pele Pro champion by nefarious means. But Mike Chandler Bennett's Hopkins a great person. was robbed. And then, <laughs> um, but, you know, Mike Bennett's great. So he's a pretty good champion. Um, so those are the shows I have coming up videos i'm doing more stuff with gcw uh lately um me and iwtv recently kind of reconnected and we're gonna i just did the video you know for cruel and tremont sent to that creepy ass uh casey and the sunshine band remix uh from the Dahmer trailer which as i was editing i was like looking over my shoulder that's such a creepy song um other than that i'm just a I never know what I'm going to be editing. It's always all over the place. But, um, you know, I have a couple of highlight reels coming up for people like me and Austin Luke are going to be doing something. Um, that's the only one off the top of my head I can think of. Good. But we love Austin, so that one should be great. And, uh, yeah, uh, probably after the December, either second or fourth, one of those day shows, I'll probably take the rest of the month to just save money for Christmas presents. <laughs> but uh, that'll probably be my last show of the year, and I'll probably slow down videos a little bit. But then, you know, day after Christmas, we back at it, just doing all this stuff. Hell yeah. Well, are you still open for commissions? Yes? Yes. I briefly stopped doing commissions early in the year when I was at that horrible customer service job, but... No, yeah, I'm I'm open I'm open to commissions, you know, for wrestlers, companies, and even personalities or even fans. You know, if you just want a video in your head, you're like, I want to see a video set to this song, you know, like I'll do it. Just direct message me and then we'll talk. So reach out to Ivan for all yeah. of your video needs. I will have to say, have like have you seen Heidi Howitzer in person before? Yeah, no, I know Heidi. Okay, okay. As like I thought you had, but I didn't know for sure. She is one of the funniest, just funniest individuals to watch wrestle. She's so charismatic, and she is constantly like playing to the crowd. Like I love Heidi, friend of the stack, Heidi. 
there are, there's only a handful of people that can make me break when I'm doing like when I'm filming I'm trying to be kind of serious but you know there are moments when like Heidi is one of those people will say something I'll just put my head down I'm like oh god you got me <laughs> so I'm trying to be like no like I'm part of the show I'm not trying to laugh you know and then it's shoot you broke <laughs> I'm corpsing over here <laughs> Heidi's great I love her okay. uh <laughs> So sounds like you have a lot coming up on your plate. Um, again, always open for commissions. Find I'm Fire J. But on that note, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, if you have like a Facebook business page, a YouTube, Twitch, if you have Patreon, OnlyFans, TikTok, a merch store, whatever you have, plug everything. All right. Let me think of what I have. <laughs> main, main place is Twitter at I've been Fire J. Instagram at Fire J Media, YouTube, Fire J Media, Brainbuster Tees, Ivan Fire J. I have just, you know, a couple little hats and stickers and stuff of my logos. You know, I don't, I think, yes, I do have a sticker of my new logo, which I debuted a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, I don't have a Facebook or any, any OnlyFans or LinkedIn or anything like that. But uh, main place, if you want to just keep up, is Twitter. You know, I, I've been fired, Jay. Nice. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. I appreciate having you. Um, it was really fun just to catch up with you anyway. Um, this has been a stack. I'm Val Pancakes. This has been I've been fired, Jay. Make sure to check him out, um, especially on Twitter, but Instagram. Um, you, he just told you where to find him. So go to those places. Can I say one um, thing? Yes. I want to do one last shout out. Okay. Uh, shout out Val Pancakes. What <laughs> I'm very bad at keeping up with people and wrestling. And, but like, you, you know, you're always someone I know I can go and talk to. Your constants are some positivity. And I feel very lucky that to call you a friend. Aww, you're going to make me cry, Warriors. Thank you. I am just lucky that I get to do the things that I do with the people that I get to do them with. I've been so blessed to have met so many amazing people like yourself, like, you know, Christopher and Chuck and Jimmy that I do bald monkey stuff with all the people in the Southeast that have taken me in and treat me like one of their own. Um, I'm going to Chattanooga, not this weekend, but next weekend for icw so jealous in chattanooga it's like i'm so excited to get to see my southeast people i get to see some of my deathmatch people and it just makes my heart so full that i know that i can go to wrestling anywhere i can go to wrestling anywhere and there's probably somebody that i will know there and it's like what a what a blessing what a treat (laughs) it makes me so happy so thank you for being a part of my little growing circle i appreciate you always on that note, thank you once again, Ivan. Thank you to Wrestling Over Everything, Boop Boop, and Table Bump for sponsoring the Ball Monkeys and the Stack. And thank you for tuning in. <laughs>